Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings, VSIN, the sports betting network. We welcome you in on a Thursday, January 18th. Hope you're doing well. Got a jam packed show as we get closer and closer to the divisional round weekend. Two games Saturday, of course, two games Sunday, ending with that clash in Buffalo with Mahomes and Allen and Kansas City and Buffalo. Bobby Stanley's going to join coming up in about 44 minutes. Uh, from Pickwise, he's got props for you, NFL and NBA. Josh Applebaum, VEASAN betting analyst, a host here on VEASAN. Tyler Dunn. So we haven't talked to Tyler. Look at that lineup. Good job, big guy. Dustin Sweetelson with the booking. We haven't talked to Tyler Dunn in a long time. Tyler has covered both the Green Bay Packers on the beat and the Buffalo Bills on the beat. And when he covered the Green Bay Packers, Mike McCarthy was there. And he wrote a lot about the friction between McCarthy and Rodgers or whatever existed between the two. He's going to be a very interesting guest to pay attention to. Brennan White. We love Brennan straight from the trading room floor at DraftKings, and then Joe Banner. Joe Banner was a co-worker of our very own Michael Lombardi there with the Cleveland Browns. I believe Banner at the time was the president, Michael Lombardi the general manager, or in some capacity, and he's going to join in the last hour. So we are absolutely jam-packed as we welcome you in. Just quickly, an update on the numbers. Houston, Baltimore, still 9.5 with Baltimore Lane. Green Bay, San Francisco, still 9.5. A A little juice on the 9.5, so could be headed to 10 with the 49ers Lane. Sunday, Many storylines coming out of Tampa Bay and Detroit, and DraftKings has literally not budged. However, I will tell you this. DraftKings open seven, sitting seven with the Detroit Detroit Lions laying it. Remember, standard vigorous, standard juice is 110 up and down. If it goes up, it's headed up as far as the number movement, and the line right now, 7, minus 118. So new betters should know DraftKings is closer to going 7.5 than 6.5 which is fascinating because across the market, many books and shops are still like where the boys are sitting at circus sitting six and a half with the lions laying it. Fascinating. Kansas city and Buffalo. 
Buffalo is down to two and a half at DraftKings, but there are threes in the market as well. Boys, I say hi for the first time today. I'm all Shaw. What's going on? Not much. Great breakdown of the games and the line movement. You mentioned that Buffalo one potentially reaching three. Doesn't really come as that much of a surprise when you look at them being on their home field. Uh, looking forward to kind of getting into some of the things we're going to talk about today, particularly with this Packers team going on the road. So it should be an interesting show for sure. Yep, absolutely. 100% agree. And we've got a lot of head coaching news. Some news dropped last night, maybe a bit of a news dump in Dallas. We're going to get to it. I even have a few quotes from coworkers. Dustin Sweetelson, we say hello. Big guy, what's cracking? Oh, you know, just trying to get into uh, the prop space for the weekend. You know, all the props drop every Wednesday. And I kind of had a moment last night when I was sitting there going over it. I was like, wow, we only have a couple more of these left where it's a, where it's a real schedule. Because all of a sudden, don't look, guys, but we're going to know who's playing in the Super Bowl in like 10 days. <laughs> I, I, I just need to know before we get to that, Patrick, are you guys on a Julius Randle prop over tonight? Because I'm going to tell you right now, liquid nitrogen has been warmer than I've been lately, <laughs> right. okay? So I, I do have a prop if, in that But game. let me just say this. If Julius Randle is dribbling a basketball, I'm probably on his over. Okay, here's the problem. Here's the problem. They're playing the Wizards on a back-to-back. -back. I think guys like Randle might get some rest. Hartenstein is your play. Wizards okay. allow... The most points or the most rebounds dude, in the second most points that to Wizards. Dude for a while I got Hartenstein over 21 and a half points and rebounds, and I also got him double double plus 125. I love him tonight. You notice the big guy just completely plowed over. He's now so cocky. I tried to interject and he just plowed over me. You have been jockeying Hartenstein for a while now. By the way, you should be a big fan of his. Have oh, you seen his Insta model girlfriend? Yeah. I think they met via TikTok or something. I don't know how, but, I mean, he's 6'10". That's how. <laughs> that, that, that's how he got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how. Maybe he has a kind heart. Maybe he's a good person. Proportions. You, Proportions yeah, is how. I, I understand. I, I'll tell you who's not 6'10". What a transition. Mike McCarthy. Ooh. Maybe wide. Uh, I kid, I kid. Now, a couple of things. One, I've got one, two. So I thought about the Cowboys today, and my question in my notes are, are the Cowboys serious? Like, are they serious? And so I came up with four ways to fix the Cowboys. And then once we get done with the Cowboys, I came up with two definitive reasons you have to fire Sirianni in Philly. It looks like he's going to be retained. We do know that Jerry Jones, who's at 81, and 81, he's 81 years old. I, sports, repeatedly, it's kind of a mall and dust, and it's a mirror for your life, right? Like, for example, when a player you grew up watching, all of a sudden their kid pops up, you're like, I love their dad, Delino DeShields. Anyone? When Delino DeShields was an expo, second base, just an absolute slick glove, he could run. I love Delino. When his son came up, I said, well, I'm dead because life is just passing me by. But there's benchmarks. Like, what you remember where you were during a Super Bowl, who you were with, like, what was going on in your life. Like, sports is constantly a reflection, a mirror. For Jerry Jones, like, there's not too much time left. And I'm not saying that. He keeps on saying it. Like, the meetings he's having with the media and his team, he's like, look, fellas, I'm 81. We're coming to the end. I need another championship. And so I think a guy that actually, it's a bit of a fallacy. Jones, and you were there covering Dallas Sports Mall, Jones has been loyal in the past. And 
he last night announced, and of course the Cowboys announced they were going to continue to stay loyal to Mike McCarthy. I guess it was a stunning announcement. It was not received well by social media. I can say that and Cowboys fans. Uh, uh, despite the 48-32 beatdown uh, by the Green Bay Packers, a fifth year from Mike McCarthy. Remember, maybe they're hoping for synergy because uh, I guess some alignment. The fifth year in Green Bay, he beat the Steelers to win a Super Bowl. So maybe, however, we're grasping. You know, he has won 12 games his last three years, 36 and 15, two division titles. However, the issue is last three years, one playoff win, and that playoff win them all was against the eight and nine Tampa. Bay Buccaneers. But like I said, Jones isn't going to be impetuous at 81. He feels like systemically they have what it takes to win a Super Bowl, and he's just going with McCarthy. However, I'm not so sure it's a serious decision. I know you feel like they should move on from him. It appears like social media. And I wait a minute. I should correct myself. I'm assuming you think they should move on from him. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yes. I'm going to say yes. I do not. I know I'm in the extreme minority here. You mentioned it, the 36-15 and 15 record over the last three years, two of those losses coming against the 49ers. There's no way to sugarcoat what happened on Sunday. They played a horrific football game. It was over by halftime. They were completely decimated on their home field where they were dominant this year. But to me, there's a couple of factors when I look at it. When I look around the coaching landscape, who is it that you're going to bring in? It's probably going to be a coordinator, somebody offensive or potentially defensive that you would bring in to replace Mike McCarthy. That's a that's a roll of the dice. Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, are they going to be able to catapult you from a position where Mike McCarthy's been winning back-to-back, uh, excuse me, not back-to-back, two out of three division titles, but really put yourself in a prime position, number two seed. Talent-wise, I think we're all in agreement that the 49ers are the best in terms of their 22 compared to anybody else in the NFL, and I don't think there's a lot of teams that are that close. So for me, I don't think it's a slam dunk in terms of moving on from McCarthy. Guys, where I see the problem that still exists, and it's not going to change next year, is number four, Dakota Prescott, is your quarterback. Until you move on from him, the Dallas Cowboys are not going to get past a conference championship game in my estimation. That's even assuming you can get there. Now, the reason when you asked me directly, I pause is because I have four ways to fix the Cowboys. Now, when I lay them out to you, fellas, yeah. you can tell me whether or not McCarthy fits into that box. If I were just to make a snap decision, Dustin Sweetelson, I would move on from McCarthy. Sometimes in life, there are people that are just good enough. Now, he has won a championship, to be fair. There are people that are just good enough, maybe not that edge, to get over the hump. And he's proven 12 straight wins in three seasons. That's pretty damn good. However, he's flamed out in the postseason. Yeah, and look, the the way I come down is it is I never thought he should have been fired to be, or hired to begin with. So of course I think he should be fired. I think it was ridiculous hire to begin with, even though he's won the games he's won. The, just because someone's been a head coach somewhere else doesn't mean the quote unquote Dallas Cowboys, America's team, need to go out and get someone with cachet and this big resume. How about get someone with new ideas, someone who's innovative, someone to be ahead of things. Let's hear from Mike McCarthy. You spoke with the media today because he was flat out asked by Jane Slater from NFL Network. Why should Cowboy fans buy into him being the head coach of this team? I believe that uh, the, the direction, you know, the leadership, um, everything is in place. And um, I'm not very comfortable talking about myself, but I came here to win a championship. I didn't come here to get another contract or um, anything other than that. Um, I came to Dallas to win the world championship, and that's why I'm standing here and um, buy into us. I just realized 
My mom's husband is Mike McCarthy. I have a great – I guess he's a father-in-law. When you're my age, you're, he's just – No, he's stepfather. stepfather. Excuse me, stepfather. But he's just Mike. Mike is the best – like literally worked his whole life at Ford on the line. And But like that – when I just saw him talking, I'm like, that's Mike. That's my stepfather. Not, that's, not the, that's not the coach of a Super Bowl winning team. Like that is that's, – that's Mike. So is there any other clips? Because I want to lay out the four tenants for the Cowboys. That was all I grabbed today because it was a all whole right. lot of that. I think, I, I think it's fair. Now you brought up Amal. You brought up, of course, Dak Prescott. But let's before we get to how I would fix the Cowboys yeah. and let's see if McCarthy fits in. If Jerry Jones were to move on from McCarthy, don't you guys think he could have just two guys, a guy you guys love, couldn't he have just gone to Vrabel and said you can have the Cowboys? And Vrabel would have been like, absolutely. Is that a decision? Is that an upgrade? Because I do think it still carries the cachet, the Cowboys. I do not think it's an upgrade, but here's the thing where I push back on McCarthy. I think McCarthy's probably better than we've given him credit for. You mentioned the Super Bowl win. This was the conclusion of his 20th season in the National Football League. Guys, he's won double digits in games 14 of those 20 years. That's an impressive statistic when you think about it. I, Patrick, I, I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to say on this. But to me, the one thing is if you make a change, sometimes the change, while on the surface may seem good or effective, doesn't necessarily mean you improve. Does this team have a 13-4 regular season? Are they going to be better than the Niners, whose core is all back next year? Hey, I love the fact that you're fighting for them because we're not just going to crush them. Uh, Speaking of Dallas Cowboys fans, John Goulet sent me a quote that I can read when we come back. Let's just say he's not a fan. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This 
is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, VSIN Daily. It's pretty awesome. Run by Bill AD. Sign up for free. VSIN.com slash newsletter. Today in the Daily. Uh, this is stuff you can generally pay for, but we're going to give it for free. Adam Burke, he's got a write-up on the Texans-Ravens game. Also, Dave Tooley, he likes dogs. Uh, that's a little hint. He's got a write-up as well. So you can go find those for free right now. The Visa newsletter, vsan.com slash newsletter. It's absolutely free. And as we welcome you back, uh, a lot of great feedback on the brand new website. So congratulations to everybody. The website's fast, it's clean, it's efficient, and everybody's having a better user experience. So great job, everybody. vsan.com, make sure to benchmark it or bookmark it, one of the two. I'm Patrick Maher, he's Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, the big guy. And look, we've been inundated with, of course, divisional round matchup coming up. We've got a ton of guests, but right now, coaching news. There's news as far as Atlanta and Bill Belichick will get to. Uh, Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. I saw the Chargers just completed an interview with David Shaw, the former Stanford coach. The Chargers are also interviewing Mike Vrabel today. So those openings continue uh, to be open and should be filled relatively soon. But we're talking about the big news last night. Mike McCarthy, it was announced he's going to come back for year five. And I I like the fact that Amal is defending the decision and defending McCarthy because, you know what, most people are killing it. And Cowboys fans are asking, is the team serious? And we were kind of going through some of the reaction. Here's a reaction, and we joke with uh, our program director John Goulet that he's a Cowboys fan that's from Connecticut but he is a ride or die Cowboys fans as a matter of fact I'm guessing Saturday afternoon was not fun for uh, his significant other and daughter however I asked him can I get a quote to read about McCarthy being retained and it's short and sweet every bar in Dallas is ecstatic because they'll have a massive spike in liquor sales in January when the Cowboys are losing in the wild card round again So probably not overly excited based on that response. So he says, yeah, I mean, it's good. You're going to win some football games, 12 games, three years straight. But then come the wild card, you're going to get bounced if you have McCarthy. So that's the question. I came up with, I just wrote down the four things that I think the Cowboys need to fix. And you you guys pick it apart. Feel free. Prescott entering his final year, they have to decide. Remember, he signed a four-year, $160 million contract. It's a six, close to a $60 million cap hit, but this is the final year. So is Dakota, as you call him, the answer moving forward? Uh, is he the quarterback of the future? Now, he had a great regular season. He led the NFL in touchdown passes. He cut way back on the interceptions. But in a big game, I think you guys would both agree, he looked shook. Like, When they showed love, I said it looked like he was meditative. When they showed Dak, it looked like he was on something. Like, not saying he was on, but he looked shook. And also, Amal, some of those throws, you could tell he was short-arming it. And when a quarterback's short-arming a throw, it's that he's nervous. And then I also wrote down the CD component. Because there was obviously something, whether it's interpersonal, but there was a rub there with CD. Now, He, just like everybody that is brought into an organization, has to get the quarterback better. Do we believe Dak is the future? And if he is, is McCarthy the guy to get him better? It's a great question. I think McCarthy is the guy to get him to where they've gotten to. I don't think he can get over the hump. That's the concern I have. And I don't think it's on the coach, guys. And it's okay if you guys disagree with me, and most people do. 
But, Patrick, I thought you brought up a great point in terms of short-arming. In football, you can tell when a quarterback's a little bit nervous. I thought the Cowboys looked concerned after it was 14-0 early on in that football game. We are just barely through a quarter, and they looked nervous. In basketball, anytime somebody short-arms it, you can see there's a lack of confidence. I think for Dak Prescott, he's a tremendous player as a front-runner when the team is playing well against weaker opponents. When you look at his numbers against bigger and better teams, he doesn't necessarily perform at an elite level. The game against the Eagles at home, you know, they played extremely well in that game. But overall, to me, I don't think with Prescott at quarterback and the combination of McCarthy, they can get through the NFC with San Francisco there. And guys, here's the other problem, though, when you look big picture in the NFC. There's only one team, with all due respect to the Lions and the Eagles, there's only one team standing in the way, and that's the team in Santa Clara. And if they've got a major injury, whether it's with Brock Purdy next year, um, Debo Samuel, anybody else you want to pick out on that roster, you have an opportunity. The NFC, as we know, is not that great. I think we could take four teams probably from the AFC that are better than the NFC minus San Francisco. It, it's low-hanging fruit to bring up, number one, the quarterback, Dustin and Amal. But here's why I bring it up. If And Jerry loves Dak. Der, Jerry Jones loves Dak Prescott. So if Dak is going to be the future, which I'm assuming he is, 30, 31 years old, you got to bring in a Harbaugh. You got to bring in some. You got to bring in a Gruden, somebody that's been known to work with quarterbacks and then coach him up. We don't know if McCarthy's that guy. Your point on Dak, Dustin. Uh, the problem with Dak Prescott is when things are going great and everything's perfect around him, he's great. The problem is when things aren't perfect. He fails over and over again, and it happens too often in big spots. People get to him, and I think a sign of a great athlete in any sport is when things are going wrong, can you just find a way? Can you just do enough? Can you adjust and somehow come away with a win? And it just feels like he's either winning by a lot or getting crushed by a lot. I well, think he, can I cut you? Can I cut you? Because you led me into my second point perfectly. Yep. You're asking, is Mike McCarthy a front runner? Well, if he's going to continue coaching the Cowboys, he has to answer for the home road splits. Okay? Let's talk about the four road wins this year against the worst seven teams in the league. He had won 16 straight at home until losing to Green Bay on Saturday. That is, Dustin, you just laid it out and didn't even know you were laying it out. Like, this is something, sometimes that's just an innate thing. He was great in Green Bay as well. Sometimes somebody feels comfortable with a lead and piling on, but when the chips are down, not to be cheesy and cliche, he hasn't shown that he's able to bring this team and take them to another level. So my question would be, do we believe he can make this right, and that is the home road splits? That's a fair question. I think that's a really good question. Um, I don't know. And I know based on an I don't know answer, then you look to move on. But, you know, to me, when I look through the schedule, you know, they, yeah, they dominated the Eagles at home and they beat the Lions on guys. Let's be real here. I don't know how Brad Allen screwed that up. Taylor Decker is never walking over to the referee or the umpire to sit there and have a conversation. That was a mess up on the referee. So in reality, I, Patrick, to answer your question, I'd have to say no. So if you make that as an argument for why you'd move on, I think that's a very fair and, and absolutely right one. I'm going to protect him on my next point, but did you want to say anything about the front running with the splits there, Dustin, home and away? No, I, ju I just th think him and Dak are very similar, like in that regard, where when things are right, they look awesome and the offense looks awesome and things are rolling downhill, but the second they get punched, they never have a counter, and that goes for both McCarthy and Prescott. Real quick, Patrick, and you know this, Dustin, uh, quick guess, out of 12 wins, 
How many teams that were over 500 did they beat? Out of their 12 wins, uh, five. Three. Next one, boys, good one. Next one, this is not McCarthy's fault. The Cowboys let him down. The 2023 draft was a disaster. <laughs> Mazzie Smith, the defensive tackle out of Ooh. Michigan, disaster. Luke Schoonmaker, the tight end in the second round, disaster. You can't put that on McCarthy. McCarthy can turn around and say, it, it, two more players, that's the difference for me right here. I won 12 games, and you just had a disaster draft. Felt like 2017 with the Cowboys. The, the Cowboys have to get better drafting. Yeah, and you know what? That was like a hallmark for Jerry and Stephen Jones for a while. They really didn't, like, they would get good value every year in the draft, but to, to not have any of those guys be impact guys on a team ready to win, that is a massive failure. You know, I, I completely agree with you. When you look at this team, there's not, I mean, the most heralded pick was Deuce Vaughn because his dad's on the coaching staff. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> what he the did video this year. put out on social media. <laughs> Listen. Exactly. Mozzie Smith, I mean, he could have been playing for Michigan this year. I wouldn't have known the difference. Well, Michigan he didn't, didn't play miss for the Cowboys. Exactly. First round. First round is a disaster. Yeah, Schoonmaker. Listen, they should have taken Colston Loveland, the kid who's at tight end at Michigan right now, and said, <laughs> we'll take him in two years. But I'm with you, Patrick. They didn't do him any favors. And to Patrick's point, think about this. Who's the young kid up in Seattle, Witherspoon? The cornerback? Uh, yeah. yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing, he's right? Amazing. He's a number five pick, though. But one other thing. They didn't have Trevon Diggs. They didn't have Trevon sure. Diggs this year, right? Fair. That's a big low. That's a big blow. I still think if they can capitalize on a decent draft pick, you get somebody that has an impact for you defensively this year. Um, they did not do him any favors. That's, see, that's why, to me, guys, I don't think you move on from McCarthy. Yes, they didn't play well. And you could say they weren't prepared. That's on him. But, Patrick, you said it best when you said, I think it summarized the whole thing. Prescott looked shook, scared, and lacked confidence by the time the middle of the second quarter of that game was going on. And the last one, boys, I wrote down the run game. It was middle of the pack, 113 rush yards a game, 4.1 average. And I'm going to say something maybe Cowboys fans will be upset about. Tony Pollard lacked any explosiveness that he had the year before. They got to get him somebody better. That may not be on McCarthy. I, I want to tell you something. Matt Brown and I had this or disagreement one time. I said Ezekiel Elliott is needed to make Tony Pollard better. Ezekiel Elliott softens the belly of the beast and then allows you to utilize Pollard on the perimeter. He, you noticed this year he couldn't do it. When they realized he's getting the ball, we're like, we're not worried about him running between the tackles. We'll just play the perimeter, and they slowed him down. They realized Tony Pollard is a change of pace back when he's got somebody that's a bell cow in front of him. He is a number two running back. Go get him a number one. Dak needs a run game. Dak is best off the play action. You gotta, you gotta help him, and you gotta help McCarthy more. When we come back, you gotta get rid of Sirianni. I'm gonna tell you why. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, if you haven't checked it out, do so. VSIN.com, brand new paint job. Got a fresh look, enhanced navigation, and mobile first focus. We're, trust us, we're doing this for you. Uh, time is money in sports betting, and the site's pages have been built to load quickly. We also have expanded our educational content strategy section for both new and experienced bettors. We're trying to find that balance, and I think we have. Check out the new vsin.com today. If you have any questions about the sun setting on the vsin app, please go to vsin.com slash FAQ. Frequently ask questions, or just email Bill AD. I'm sure he loves the inundation lately. 
Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings, as we welcome you back. We are loaded with guests coming up in 15 minutes, and we're going to get plays on the divisional round and just plenty of picks for you. So we're getting the drama out of the way. Mike McCarthy is back for year five. Good job by Amal, kind of supporting him there. We laid out the reasons uh, the Cowboys could be better or what they need to do to assist Mike McCarthy in the future. Let's get to the Eagles. While it hasn't been officially announced, it looks like Sirianni met with Roseman and Lori, the owner and general manager. It looks like they met and they're seeking out coordinators to replace. So Sirianni looks like he's going to get another year in New England. I'm just going to say this about Sirianni. I came up with two reasons this morning while I was trying to think because I've been flip-flopping on Sirianni, boys. Uh, but I came up with two reasons as to why he should be fired. First off, the effort in Tampa Bay, it's a wrap. That has nothing to do with scheme. It has nothing to do with your offensive coordinators overmatched. Matt Patricia, defensive coordinators overmatched. When your team lacks effort, that points to one person, the person at the top, and that's the head coach. Once you're not showing effort, I'm sorry, it's stale. We've got to move on. I don't care if the players will hear from Fletcher Cox, got their marching orders, and now are defending Nick Sirianni because they don't want to have to do Deal with a new regime coming in. The lack of effort in Tampa Bay, wrap it up. Sirianni's got to go. And number two, you guys saw that Jason Kelsey retired, right? Well, kind of. He said it's not permanent. What do you think that says? <laughs> this organization's a disaster. I'm leaving the door open because first off, I want to get out of this S show right now, but I'm at the peak of my athletic performance like I've gotten better into my late 30s I'm not closing the door on retirement as soon as I heard that I was like get rid of Sirianni and Kelsey comes back tush push lives on well, listen, you made two compelling arguments as to why they could potentially move on from him. I was actually going to defend Sirianni, but I thought you brought up two great points. Lack of effort, to me, always points to coaching. When you look at Arizona, the Cardinals this year, when they played that game, their defensive coordinator, Shane, is it Shane Steichen? Who's the guy in the Indianapolis? The offensive coordinator? Yeah, Shane Steichen. Yeah. No, who's the D.C. Yeah. that became the uh, rich? Uh, or Gannon. Oh, Gannon. Gannon, Gannon. Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan sorry. Gannon. Um, the effort they gave down 21-6 to in that game at the link when Arizona had nothing to play for, they could have folded the tent. That team played for that head coach because they knew he was the defensive coordinator the previous year in Philadelphia. Right. They showed up and showed out in that second half and won that game. And that sent Philly into a complete tailspin. So, Patrick, I can't push back on the lack of effort. That, to me, is on the individual, but also huge, huge on the head coach. And then the second point you made about Jason Kelsey. If you bring back Jason Kelsey, now you've got a line. Lane Johnson still under contract for three more years. You've got Jordan Mailata there as well and then you bring in Travis Kelsey or excuse me um, Jason Kelsey back under center at one three and five you're all set guards are easy to plug and play you're fine offensively you've got Devontae Smith you've got um, A.J. Brown healthy back next year Jalen Hurts I think it's a great point you bring up in an indictment of uh, when you look at Nick Sirianni a couple of issues I have with Nick Sirianni He's a, he has a lack of maturity for a head coach. I thought Dustin used a great example yesterday or two days ago when he talked about Nick Sirianni giving the finger to the Kansas City Chiefs as they're walking off the field. And at that time, your 23, 24-year-old quarterback has to you know, tell you to stop doing that. That's one thing. And then you look at the track record with Howie Roseman and them. Uh, Chip Kelly was the head coach there. He was 10-6, and 10-6, and 7-9 and nine was the final record of the Eagles in 2015. Chip Kelly didn't see the end of that season. And Chip Kelly never finished worse than second in that division. They moved on from him. Doug Peterson went 9-7, and 9-7, 4-11. He was gone. 
And so uh, those are the previous three years of, I mean, the final three years of Peterson's five-year run there. So I don't think it would be unprecedented for them to move on. I think from my perspective right now is who is the coordinator they could bring in? If there's a possibility, and guys, I don't think this thing in Philadelphia is going to die for a while. If Ben Johnson decides he likes Jalen Hurts as a quarterback, don't be surprised if he's a guy that lands in Philly with already a team ready to go. Even though the division is competitive, then you might look to move on from Sirianni if you think you can get the right candidate. I think the best point there is Gannon had a losing team playing to the end. Sirianni had a winning team give up in the postseason. You have to move on. The Kelsey piece, you mentioned, Dustin, I, this is conjecture on my part, but he specifically said, I'm not closing the door. I don't live in absolutes. That's Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey returning next year to play center for the Eagles is more important than Nick Sirianni being the head coach. That is factual. Oh, no, that's absolutely fact. I think I think Sirianni plays a role in that. I just think his career and how long and how physical that job is as a center uh, plays a role in that. I don't think it's all tied to Sirianni, but I can tell you that if he enjoyed going to work at the end of the year and things went a little bit differently, or at least the vibe was different, it's probably easier to have a decision one way or, or another. Let's hear from some other players on the Eagles. First, Fletcher Cox yesterday meeting with reporters in the locker room and did not like being asked about his head coach's future. What is it, what is it to talk about, man? Because, man, he's a winner. He's a winning head coach. You know, do we have some bumps this year? Yeah, but every team, every organization, everybody everybody goes through it. But we don't look at Fireman, man, who, you know, obviously has won 10-plus games two years in a row, that's took this organization to three playoff appearances three years in a row. You know, that's a respect. Okay. So that is once the team had an opportunity to gather themselves, get the directive and the messaging right. But let's hear from Lane Johnson directly after the loss where there was no effort whatsoever and see if it sounds a little different. The problem, we all have great relationships. It's just, you know, we have a slide going uh, we, and you can't stop it. Um, you know, losing last, uh, whatever we did, I don't, probably the first second team to end like this, you know, after starting the season the way you did and ending the way you did, it's frustrating. So, um, like I said, we've, we've offered plenty of explanations, but at the end, end of the day, we never did get the result we wanted to. So, got to change. It is what it is. They couldn't find an answer. So, one was defending his coach, and the other refused to. That was just one of Lane Johnson's three clips that we played the other day where he was asked three times to defend Nick Sirianni, and he wouldn't. Now let's hear from just a stick of dynamite, just somebody that is he, – he lights up a room every time he's in it. So, maybe – uh, Jalen Hurts has an answer. Go ahead, Jalen. I said owner's own, coach's coach, and players play. I don't. I asked you that question the other day, and um, we, I don't know if uh, you asked me something the other day um, about, and I said, uh, what did I say? I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. I had no idea that was a thing. Um, so I don't see why why that wouldn't be the case. You know, we, we plan on fixing everything that we've we've done um, and growing together. Coach Sirianni, Brian, everyone. Be very, if you're friends with Jalen Hurts, if you know Jalen Hurts, be wary. He seems like a great person. However, he had every opportunity right there to say, I want Nick Sirianni to be my head coach moving forward. And instead he danced around it by saying, I, I didn't know he was getting fired. I didn't know. He never said I want him back. Literally never said it. Like, what are we doing here, people? 
That's a great point. As a player, as the face of the franchise, as the leader of that organization on the field, he could give a ringing endorsement saying, look, I want That Nick, would be it. Nick that Sirian, would, that's if it. He said, I want him back. He's owed $250 million. Lori, <laughs> what, what would they do if Jalen Hurts co-signed? They'd have to bring him it's back. It's over. Yeah, it's over. There's no limbo. It reminds me of when the Buckeyes beat Miami in the national title game and the president of Ohio State goes, hey, I hope Jim Trussell doesn't fire me. <laughs> I mean, it's the <laughs> yeah, same he, thing. Right? He was literally trying not to be the bad guy, but he was also not trying to be the good guy. <laughs> that, that, but, that is absolutely what was going through his head. He said, I can't come out right now and just say, I don't want this guy as my head coach because I, what, what if I don't have a, a say in the matter? They bring him back. There are three guys that won't be back in <laughs> Philadelphia next year. Brian Johnson, Sean Desai, Oh, Matt Patricia. So they're, they're doing a search right now. Uh, Lori and Sirianni, this was a reports Rossini and Rappaport were all over it last night. They're doing a search to see who is out there, who's available as a coordinator to come over and fix things on both sides of the ball. And I guess Sirianni has to present a plan of how he's going to fix the Eagles going forward uh, to ownership. Well, maybe Jalen Hurts was not necessarily given a ringing endorsement because last year the Eagles scored 29.1 points per game. This year, 24.6. Last year, they gained almost 386 yards a game. This year, 350. And this year, eight more turnovers. Well, I mean, you mentioned it. And, and what exactly does Sirianni do? Because in Indy, he was the offensive coordinator, but Frank Wright called the plays. Yeah. In, in Philly, he's a head coach, but Steichen called the plays, then Johnson called the plays. So what is it exactly that he does except flip off opposing fan bases? He's, he's a confounding guy because then he also has moments where yeah, after wins and losses, I've watched almost all of his press conference where he goes, you know what? He comes across as a leader in this moment right now in a vacuum. But then he has the other moments where you're like, I swear to God, it's a teenager running the Eagles. I like that choice, word choice you had there. You're right. There's certain times you look at it and you go, this guy's just too immature to be the leader of an organization. Well, his quote will always live in infamy. Hashtag less talking equals talent takeover. Bobby Stanley next. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. 
Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, new customers, pay attention. DraftKings, all you have to do is download. It's a great app as well, the DraftKings app. And when you use the promo code VEGAS, you bet 5 bucks tonight, get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Pretty good, right? Also, everybody over at DraftKings, a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. Got a packed show. We've got our buddy Josh Applebaum, Tyler Dunn who knows a little something about Mike McCarthy, Brennan White, DraftKings U.S. trading team lead, and Joe Banner, former president of the Browns, coming up. But right now, we're going to welcome in Bobby Stanley. does a great job. Picks-wise, player prop analyst. He is goaded with his Twitter handle. I want you all to check this out. At Prop Holiday. Makes me laugh every time. Promote? Okay, so the Prop Shop Discord, and he's the host of the Prop Shop with Believe Network. And we say hi to Bobby. What's up, Bobby? How you doing? Guys, thank you for having me on, and, and glad you appreciate the Twitter handle. Somebody gets it. So I have other it's people. It's about as good as it gets. Before. It's a, it's it's literally <laughs> it's a, it's it's hard to be funny and ironic and good on Twitter. At Prop Holiday is as good as it gets. So let's start with divisional round weekend and a couple of props here. And what we can do, we can tether your C.J. Stroud over 34 half uh, pass attempts there, Bobby, with the idea of the difference between playoff football handicapping and regular season handicapping. I think you really have to look at playoff handicapping through a little bit different of a lens. You you almost have to look at the game script more so than the number itself, because a lot of these lines are, are juiced up. You know, the, the public's going to bet as many overs as possible. But if you can get a handle on the game script, then you can start making sense of these lines. So brings us over to Stroud over 34 and a half pass attempts. Minus 125 is what I got it at. Just looking at the weather, because that was a big factor last week. Uh, 27 degrees, sunny in Baltimore. It's a nine and a half point spread. I personally think Baltimore rolls in this game. If you follow that line of thinking, then this play at 34 and a half pass attempts makes sense. He hit this number in four of six losses, two of which were double digit losses. Now, I don't really see Houston establishing the run game this week against the Ravens defense. Seventh overall in opponent rush attempts per game. Um, They're going to rely on what got them there. And it's CJ Stroud. I can't blame him. I love the story. I got a little bit of money sprinkled on the rookie of the year at at nine to one. Um, Baltimore is going to eat up the clock offensively. They're going to force Houston to become a little bit more reliant on the pass, especially if you're playing from behind. You start to accumulate some of those three and outs uh, trying to establish the run. Things become dire. So Ravens top 10 in third down efficiency. uh, I'm sorry, uh, third down run efficiency. And uh, and the Shrouds hit this in three of his last five regular season games. One stat that really stood out to me that kind of brought this home was Baltimore is second in the league in opponent pass attempts per game. They average 37, Hmm. uh, third overall at home for as far as home and road splits, and they're top 10 and third down efficiency. So I can see Stroud and this Texans team going pass heavy because they're going to be playing from behind, and they may not have the ball as much as they had in the past. Bobby, before we go further into some of the other games, kind of distinguish for people, if you would, please, the difference between regular season and playoff handicapping. 
you got to rely a little bit more on the stars and it's harder in player props uh, because the lines get so juiced. So a line may open at, I don't know, we'll, we'll look at like at Amon Ross St. Brown. It opens up at 82 and a half receiving yards. I think by close 87, 88 and a half. But for good reason, you're going to want to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers in a winner go home situation. So it, it may be counterintuitive to say, I got to bet the star. I got to bet them on their over. They're going to get more targets. They're going to be the focus of game plans when you're an offensive coordinator. So I, that's kind of how I look at it. It's more of an art than a science, I would say, when it comes to the playoffs. Game script is a big part of that. And last week, I was convinced Dallas was, was going to stomp all over Green Bay, ruin my Jaden Reed play. Jaden Reed, I, I thought, was going to go over on receiving yards, on receptions, playing from behind. Didn't happen that way, and the play went to hell. So um, you almost have to handicap the game along with the player prop. But if you get right, um, it, it, it should be aces all the way. Patrick, just to kind of – Yeah, the game script is a tremendous amount of descriptor for new betters to kind of think the game through and then work backwards and applying it to your props. Go ahead, Amal. No, I was just going to say, to his point, even though Dallas didn't play well offensively, CeeDee Lamb still wound up with 17 targets, nine catches, and a buck 10. Yeah, absolutely. All right, good stuff to start here. Bobby Stanley, picks-wise, player prop analyst. So we'll go – let's go – you know what? Let's go Saturday night. Aaron Jones, you're going to go under the 16-and-a-half rush attempts for the Packer running back. We do. We do bet unders over here in the prop shop. Aaron Jones under the 16 and a half rush attempts. He's had 20 plus rush attempts in four straight games. You want to know what they all had in common? The Packers never trailed at any point in those games. And I think that's going to change on Saturday against the 49ers. 49ers allowed the fewest rush attempts per season per game. Um, and the defense, again, is well rested. We're getting both of these Ravens and San Fran team coming off a bye. Two weeks almost for San Fran because they didn't really play too much uh, in that week 17 against um, against L.A. Niners dominant offense in terms of time of possession. They're fourth overall in first quarter time of possession. So now you don't have the ball less to start the game and you're playing a little bit from behind seventh overall in terms of minutes uh, and fifth overall in a, um, in opponent first half scoring. All of these things align for green Bay to be playing from behind early. This number at 16 and a half just seems too high. Um, and I'm, I'm buying high on this number with him going four straight games at 20 plus it's easy to do that when you're against Carolina and you blow the door, the doors off Dallas and you can run the ball in the second half. So I'm fading Aaron Jones here. Uh, as I think, I, I think it's going to be a struggle for green Bay early. If you look at the first half spread, San Fran's given six and a half. Again, if you're down seven or more in the first half, how apt are you going to be to be running that ball heavy uh, on the road? The Detroit Lions playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. Tell us your thoughts on the game. And then you've got a prop on the Lions tight end and Sam Laporta on his catches. So I'm a Rams fan. I got to be completely transparent with you guys. So last week was a tough pill to swallow, but I can I can be as objective as possible. The Detroit Lions were the better team, and they dominated that game up front, offensive and defensive line. They had 21 points to start the game. Um, they were open, The offensive line was opening up holes. I think it's going to be a little bit harder for them to run the ball successfully against Tampa as it was against the L.A. Rams last week. I also know that the Bucks blitz more than average. They're one of the blitz-heavy teams. We saw it last week against Philadelphia. Goff against the Blitz has been positive. And that which leads me to Sam Laporta. I got this line at three and a half this morning at 9 a.m. By 11 a.m. Eastern time, it already moved to four and a half for plus money odds. Um, this is something I like to do a lot, uh, you know, with you know with the people I bet with with the with the betting community. I do ladders. So if I like three and a half, I'll go one unit. Then I'll go four and a half for half a unit. 
then I'll go five and a half for a quarter of a unit. And when you hit, you hit right. So Bucks giving up double-digit targets to tight ends. Um, Bucks have given double-digit targets to tight ends seven games this season. They give up the most targets per game to opposing tight ends. When you're picking up that blitz, you're going to want to get the ball out of your hands as fast as possible, and I think that's where Laporta comes in. If you can get a three-and-a-half somewhere, jump on it. I still like it at four-and-a-half, and you could probably get it at plus 125. So I like Laporta this week. He was more of a decoy last week. You know, they didn't really need him. They yeah. had so much success with their wide receivers in the run game against that secondary. You almost forgot he was there in the second half when they got more conservative. I think he's going to be needed to take down this Bucks team and that blitz-heavy defense of Todd Bowles. So give me receptions yeah. for Laporta. Over three and a half and a week healthier. The word out of Detroit is Laporte is feeling good. The usage should go up. Great information so far, Bobby Stanley. Let me do this. You see two minutes left, so I'm going to just give you your two NBA props for tonight, and you can uh, expand. Luke Kennard under 12 and a half points, and Emmanuel quickly over five and a half assists, Bobby. Kennard's a pretty easy sell for me. It's under 12 and a half points against the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's been starting the last five games. He's hit this in two of four. When I handicap NBA, I want to get down to your points per minute. This one is very easy to project. He's averaging 0.42 points per minute. For him to hit this line, he needs to play 31 minutes. He's only done that three times this season against a Timberwolves team that defends the above-the-break three better than any team in the league. They're top three uh, in field goal percentage uh, and I think top five uh, in three-point attempts allowed from above the break. That's Kennard's bread and butter. He's only hit this line twice. The, I'm sorry, he's hit this line once the entire season when he has two or fewer three-pointers made. So um, I'm going Kennard on the under against the T-Wolves. And as an NBA better, we always have the blowout in our back pocket. So that's a possibility. Tremendous. Great information. <laughs> and then also quickly... We're going over, let's see, yeah, over five and a half dimes for Emmanuel quickly tonight. Bobby Stanley, make sure you check out the Prop Shop Discord, the Prop Shop with Believe Network, at Prop Holiday on Twitter. Great info, Bobby. Thank you, and good luck this weekend. Guys, thank you so much for having me. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Sam Laporta over three and a half catches. Again, C.J. Stroud over 34 and a half pass attempts. Aaron Jones under the 16 and a half rush attempts. And Luke Kernard under 12 and a half. Emmanuel Cook quickly over five and a half assists. And I like the explanation there from Bobby. The differences there, handicapping, playoff, and then the regular season. The game script idea is perfect. You should be playing this out yourself and then kind of working backwards as well. When we return, Josh Applebaum joins, VSIN betting analyst, one of our co-workers here. Then we're going to get to Tyler Dunn, who is tremendous. He's been covering the NFL for a long time. He's got a good relationship with Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, and more, Josh Allen included. We're back. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 